0: Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, joining you live here. And we have got a great show for you tonight. You know, I love what I do. I love the people I talk with, whether it's at an early morning show or late at night or just kind of chatting with folks about what their passion is, what their what they plan to do with their lives, but more importantly, the question that becomes, how often do we take a minute to step back and truly recognize that we do have the power to choose? And tonight's show, for me, is about that. I am so thrilled and honored that I get to have this conversation tonight with my guest, best-selling author Alan Cohen. Alan and I have been on air before. We've talked about many, many things but never, never about the topic we're going to talk about tonight. I can't wait for all of you to meet him. Let me just tell you a little bit about him because, you know, this is an individual that has created a ripple effect in the world of human potential. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you become the author of 22 popular inspirational books and CDs and best-selling books, what is it that you do next? How is it you get to touch the lives of so many people? How about writing an award-winning book called A Deep Breath of Life? Well, when you think about that and then you think about what's next and you think about what Alan could possibly say to an audience, you think about unlimited possibilities. I'm so thrilled to have him here talk about his latest book, his first fictional book, Uh, and we're going to talk about much more Lyndon's last life the point of no return is just the beginning book upcoming movie inspirational author much to talk about and right here on the dr pat show alan thank you so much for joining us here today welcome back to the show
1: oh it's always a pleasure to be with you dr pat thank you so much
0: it is so great to connect with you. You know, Ripple Effect is a conversation that I've had, uh, you know, many times this week. And the reason that that's been an important conversation for me and for the many people that I get to talk with is that folks are wanting a sense of more. They're wanting a sense of more joy, more happiness, not necessarily more cars, more money, but something greater than themselves, what have you learned from writing uh, the book, Lyndon's? And what is it that you've discovered about yourself along the way?
1: I've discovered that I have power over my destiny. And, you know, they say that all fiction is somewhat autobiographical. And after I wrote the book about a man who is standing at the brink of death by his own hand, he has to decide two things. One is, Uh, is life worth living, and two, who's in charge of my world? And I realized as I was writing it, all the people and places and things and belief systems that I've given my power away to, and I realized that I don't want anybody else to run my life. If anybody's going to run my life, it has to be me. So I basically had to reel in the the energy that I ascribed to others and claim it for myself, which changed my life in a huge way.
0: You know, this is the choice that I talked about earlier that we all have, but yet very few of us truly exercise. Um, we've heard many people talk about it. We've gotten quotes from some of the most famous people in the world about the power of choice. And you have brilliantly weaved that that idea into this book, which we're going to talk about during this hour today, Alan. But I want to ask you, what is it, in your opinion that has gotten us away from the fact that we truly do have choices in this life that can set
1: us free. Well, you know, we've been taught that there are all kinds of things outside of us that are bigger than us. Can I tell you a quick story that will illustrate this? Yes, please. Yeah. One of my coaching clients is establishing herself as a motivational speaker And she got together with five other people and decided to run their own seminar for the first time. And they decided they would each attract ten people and have sixty people for the seminar. Well a week before the program they had twenty-five people signed up, uh, twenty people from my friend and five people from the other five presenters. And she, she said, come on guys, what's going on? And one person said, oh you know it's the economy. And ah. someone else said, oh, it's this, you know, Mercury's in retrograde, it's working against us. And someone else said, oh, your fear has, has distanced people from coming to the workshop. And I said to her, what you should say to them is if the economy and astrology and my fear is so powerful, how come I got 20 people and you got five? So what this tells me is that the results that we get are not at all a matter of external influences, but are entirely a function of our intention and our willingness. and That's the message of the book, that each of us has to be at the top of the pile in creating an intention for our life. We cannot let other people choose for us. We must choose for ourselves.
0: I love what you're talking about, Alan. I mean, I, I love everything that you know. I've heard you speak about and, and the way that you present this. I, I want to ask you about the book, of course, because it represents, for me at least, there's some symbolic representation in it. But isn't it interesting that this book now comes to bear at a time when people are truly feeling at some level disempowered and then at some other level completely free. Let's talk about this book for a minute. You know, this some people have said for you is... Oh, what's kind of the language? You know, sort of a a different path for you, a different place you've gone. And I wanted to get a sense from you of what it was like to take that different path. And how did you receive, how well did you receive the feedback about this? And and let's tell our listeners what the different path is.
1: Yeah. Well, I you know, I've been writing self-help books for almost 30 years, uh, quite successfully, and they've all done quite well. And to throw your hat into the fiction arena in in this world is is kind of a big risk because most publishers are not attracted to fiction. Certainly, self help publishers are not attracted to fiction. And so I realized it was kind of a kind of a stretch into uncharted territory for me to to try to establish myself as a fiction author when I have a reputation as a nonfiction author. But you know something, Pat? There are some things you just got to do no matter what the results are. And I, I
0: totally get it.
1: I think our our friend Wayne Dyer said that the difference between motivation and inspiration is that motivation is when you take hold of an idea, and inspiration is when an idea takes hold of you. Mm. In this case, an idea took hold of me 12 years ago, and I started working on it with just one little scene, and it would not let me go for 12 years until I gave birth to that book. And i got to tell you, I I, I can only imagine what women go through with long labors because that's what what mine was.
0: (laughs) When when you decided to take this journey and talk about the topic that we're talking about today, um, what was it like to write about something that some people would say is a little bit dark? I want you to hold that thought for when we come back from break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking about Lyndon. Who is Lyndon? You know, what is Lyndon's last life? What has this best-selling author, my friend and colleague Alan Cohen, what is he really asking us to look at in this life? Okay, we've got that and much more. If you're ready to get rid of some fear, if you're ready to step forward, Alan Cohen's joining us here today, and we're going to make it happen on The Dr. Pat Show. We'll be right back.
2: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit melodyivory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's melodyivory.com. Are you feeling a little lost? Powerless to overcome your challenges? Dawn Stansfield is a compassionate healer and intuitive messenger who focuses on your self-empowerment by examining current day circumstances, whether they are past, present, or future. She offers practical tools to help you overcome difficult situations and move forward in your life path. For a private consultation, contact Dawn today at 425-453-8180 or visit dawnsvision.com.
0: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by best-selling author Alan Cohen joining me here today. And we're talking about his latest book, Linden's Past Life. Alan Cohen can, uh, you, know, you can find more about Alan if you check out his website, alancohen.com. C-O-H-E-N. Alan, A-L-A-N-C-O-H-E-N.com. Check it out. We're talking about a book that has a ripple effect in itself once you understand the story and what it calls one to think about questions of reincarnation, questions of life, questions of death, you know questions of self worth all of that. Alan's joining us here today. The question on the table is who is Lyndon Alan, thank you so much for joining us here today. You know, as you got to tell this story, which apparently is going to be a movie, so I want to hear about that. The question then becomes. What is the story about, and who is this soul, Lyndon?
1: Lyndon is a guy who's down and out. Um, He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his job. He's lost his home. His parents have turned him out. And we find him at the beginning of the story standing on the Golden Gate Bridge about to jump, at which point he is intercepted by a monk who tells him that if you run away like this, you're going to have to come back again and it's going to be worse. So you have to learn how to die with dignity like a man, not like a coward. So Lyndon makes a mystical deal to die and never be reborn again because life on earth sucks and you don't want to be here anyway. And then something happens that makes him want to change his mind. But he has set this dark destiny in motion. So at that point the book asks and hopefully answers the question, if I have a negative past, if I've had trauma, if I've had sex abuse, if i had alcoholism, if I've had something that is kind of dragging me down in my past, do I have the power to create a new future? And the second question to ask and answer is, is life worth living anyway? Is this some kind of penal colony we have to escape, or is there beauty, value, and good here that we can enjoy if we ask for it? So it kind of goes to some pretty fundamental issues that most people face at one time or another in their lives. And
0: most people are facing or people are facing right now, I don't know that it's most people, but certainly most people are really thinking about their lives. Some of them have been affected and devastated by things that have happened in the outside world, kind of like you're talking about with Lyndon. And, you know, the questions that you're raising are really questions about our future in general. You know, do we as human beings have the capacity, Alan, you know, to rise up like the phoenix?
1: Well, we do, and let's take the economy, for example, because this is something that's on just about everybody's mind. The question is, if there's a down economy, do you have the power to create prosperity for yourself and success? Mm -hmm. And I ask this question in my workshops, and a lot of people answer yes, because they have found ways to thrive, and I know that sounds odd because most people are not. But you know, there's kind of an agreement about how bad things are, but there are some people who refuse to agree with how bad things are, and they have a tendency to attract good to them that people who are down and out don't. So so really, a, a down economy is a powerful, powerful opportunity to practice creating your own consciousness independent of the masses, and by virtue of the law of attraction, you end up soaring when other people are hurting. Not that we want it to hurt, of course, but, but we all have the power to soar if we choose it.
0: Do you believe, Alan, as in the book, do you believe that you know here you are on this path and you're ready to jump, and we run into either on purpose or through some dynamic law of the universe we run into a an individual along the way in that journey after that contemplation of failure of so many things, and then there's something that an individual can say to us that might maybe trigger that ray of hope that we need is that what you see in this book
1: well that's certainly a big part of it and i know my own my own life pat that i've had people show up at the worst possible moment and say <laughs> a word or touch me or invite me to something or tell me about a book that has entirely changed my life and i believe in angels i believe in god i believe in grace i believe that there's no moment that's so dark that there's not a possibility of a ray of light to break through and rescue us. So so let's give some hope to our listeners. No matter what's going on out there, it's not the end. You can think it's the end. It sure can look like the end. But sometimes what looks like the end is really just the beginning. And that's why the subtitle of the book is, The Point of No Return is Just the Beginning.
0: When we think about the point of no return and we think about the path you decided to take, Alan, to write this book... Um, I'm very curious at this sort of chain of events that happened upon you writing it, publishing it, and how you got from there to having someone want to make a movie about it.
1: Well, you know, I believe in this thing called the Law of Attraction, which, you know, you discussed on your show. And the Law of Attraction says that people of like mind find each other. And whenever you write a book or make a movie or kiss somebody or buy something or buy a house or have an intention you are sending out a set of vibrations or energy of thoughts that attracts other people who match your thoughts. And so I wrote this book on spec. I did not have a contract. I did not have a publisher. And I actually showed it to um, a couple of agents, and they said, no, no, people don't want fiction. And then I showed it to Hay House, with whom I published before, and they showed it around their editorial staff. And I said, hey, this looks like a unique book. We're going to give it a shot. And so on their faith and their confidence they published the book it's actually doing very very well and then um, I was visiting a friend in Maui and I said you know I could see this as a movie one day and he said well you know there's a movie producer living on my property now let me introduce you to her so I showed her the book she went wild over it and we've been working for six months now setting the groundwork for a film that will be released in 2011 so there was no struggle involved There was no fighting involved. There was just, let me make a clear statement of who I am and what I stand for and what this book stands for. And somehow the people who matched it recognized the quality of it and decided to play with me.
0: Was there ever a point in time in your own journey that perhaps you felt that uh, uh, this is not the direction that I am going to go? Uh, Was there any chapter in particular, any part of the book that made you sort of rethink the path you were on
1: well, not really, you know I, <laughs> to be honest, I've been doing this so long and and yeah. you know, seen so many results that when I get an idea that speaks with me, I run with it and I don't doubt it, and I, I know I, I may have moments of doubt of you know who might read fiction, but they were just they were just such little you know and then I read the Da Vinci Code, and I thought you know who might read fiction, duh. <laughs> <laughs> It's mean, 80 million Da Vinci codes. I said, well, you know, my book has a theme that I believe is equal in quality to that book and it can reach readers at a deep level such as that. So I said, well, if Dan Brown could do it, then I can do it. Duh. So that that was my motivation right there.
0: You know, there are different twists and turns that we take in, in life. Some of them will take us on a path closer to what we believe is our destiny. Others may not. How would you describe Lyndon's journey? Um, He had several, I don't know, love interests, other things along the way that may have distracted him. But are those distractions really, Alan?
1: Well, actually, there's this thing called the law of contrast, which says that when something really hurts and it's really not it, it actually paves the way for you to go to what is it. So the book actually opens... With Lyndon being betrayed by his lover, who he's actually wild about, and he's in so much pain that he goes to kill himself. But, but actually, when he decides to live, he starts meeting women that represent everything that his old lover wasn't. In other words, he has upgraded his law of attraction. He has upgraded his intention, and because he realizes so clearly that he does not want a woman who will hurt him and run away from him and be non-committal and. And abuse him, and abuse him. At that moment, his intention is so clear that he wants a quality partner who will be with him and love him for who he is. That he ends up attracting somebody like that. So even the negative was simply half of the positive, waiting for a stroke of vertical awareness. In other words, in other words, disappointments are the hooks upon which God hangs his victories, and we can turn anything that doesn't work for us and put it put it in our favor if we truly know how to use it.
0: You know, and this is really kind of uh, a conversation that brings us you know fast forward to where we are today and where we want to go. Uh, you know there are many conversations about things being broken. For example, all we need to do, Alan, is look at the headlines, and so many people are pointing to Tiger Wood and you know when we when we take a look and we hear the headlines and we hear about stories like that, you know do we bend our our psyche? so far to attach to those outcomes that we believe that that is perhaps an outcome that may happen to us.
1: Well, you know, there's all kinds of news out there, and there's horrible stuff, and there's wonderful stuff, and I believe that whatever you focus on, you get more of. So if you focus on uh, tragic news stories and victimizations and people killing each other and people hurting each other that actually becomes a part of your psyche and you will tend to manifest that kind of stuff basically because you're concentrating on it but i believe one of the elements of choice that we have that is most fundamental is the choice of where we place our attention because attention is intention and whatever you focus on you get more of so i choose not to watch dark news i choose not to watch horrible violent movies i choose not to watch people hurting each other and I have to say that my life has only gotten lighter and improved because I have basically aligned myself with things that uplift me and give me the power to uplift others rather than to get dragged down in the maelstrom of, of what isn't working.
0: Absolutely. I am so thrilled. i Excited about the book. When we come back, we'll be getting an insight into what Alan has been up to. But let's ask ourselves the question, what can we learn from Lyndon? Is Lyndon a great role model for those of us that are going through a difficult time? What are some of the lessons in the book? But more importantly, what are some of the unanswered questions? We'll, get, we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
1: proceeding has been a paid program all opinions expressed during the program are those of the host and participants
2: to the max.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm your host, Dr. Pat Vasily, a host of the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at www.drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. Joining me today is an amazing individual. His books are, you know, the top of the best list, but more importantly, There are messages and there are indicators for all of us to take a look at and consider. That is my guest today, Alan Cohen, joining us here today. We're talking about one of his latest projects. Um, Many of us are so excited to know about the book and the upcoming movie, Lyndon's Past Life. The Point of No Return is just the beginning. Alan, thank you so much for joining us here today on the show. I wanted to take a minute to explore you know, this idea of Lyndon being a good role model. Some people would say that that's impossible. Somebody that is at the verge of taking their own life, how can they become a, a role model for us? I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, there's a part of us that wants to run away from life. And you may not contemplate physical suicide, but there are people who run away and kill themselves in many more subtle ways many some people drink themselves to death some people work themselves to death some people just get depressed and go in a hole so at every moment each of us has a choice as to whether we're going to dive into life or run away from it so the idea of somebody killing themselves physically is kind of the ultimate expression of the desire to run from life and you know the thing about running from life is that life always pulls you back into it if you let it so in a way, he's kind of an everyman in the sense that there's a part of us that that is struggling with why are we here, what am I supposed to be doing here, where, where's my passion, what's my purpose, who put me here, and Lyndon has to wrestle with every single one of those questions until he gets his own answer, and his answer in some ways matches all of ours, and you have to kind of read the book to get to the end of it, but his journey is the journey that every soul has ever taken who's ever been born.
0: You know, Alan, when we look at our own lives and we look at the journey that Lyndon has taken, you know, there are times in life that I know you've been there and I know I've been there where we think we're never going to rise up above and move on beyond this. Uh, And yet at the same time, you know, there are signs in, in, in the story and in the journey that are absolutely about unlimited possibilities now. What is it that, you believe in unlimited possibilities and what is it the reader
1: will believe in unlimited possibilities? Well, the, the whole point is that we're spiritual beings and that the limits that we believe belong to our bodies and our, our kind of dark thoughts but, but we've all had moments and I, I don't care whether you call yourself a spiritual person or a religious person, it matters not, we've all had moments while you were dancing or making love or playing sports or, da- or doing music when you just felt that, hey, I can be anything I want to be, and, and the music takes you over, the lovemaking just draws you in, so you disappear into it. And at that moment, you realize that all the little thoughts you had about how small you were, how stupid you were, how old you are, how poor you are, they all meant nothing because the, the passion and the delight and the ecstasy of the current moment of expression is far bigger than the little self you thought you were. So I would invite our listeners to seize on those moments and remember those moments and play on those moments because those moments of unlimited joy are far closer to the truth about who we really are than the the dark self we've been taught we are by outside forces.
0: You know, this is an incredible lesson, I think, for so many people right now. I know, uh, you know, for myself, I look at what this past year has been like and how easy it is to be seduced into thinking we are less than. And, you know, for the journey and for our listeners today, you know, your work is about inspiration. Your work is about helping people understand that not only can they move forward, but there's a level of deepening that you do in working with people. How has your coaching practice changed uh, in the past several years, or maybe it hasn't. What, what is it that you now incorporate into the work that you do with others?
1: I have a, a rock-solid confidence that this stuff really works. In fact, um, I coached a woman yesterday who had, who had come to one of my programs a, a month or two ago, and she had had uh, epileptic issues for 15 years. And I worked with her to find the place inside her that felt whole, that felt beautiful, that felt lovable, that felt desirous of life, that felt worthy of a partnership. And something clicked inside her, and she kind of got that the path she had been on wasn't the one that she really wanted. And she kind of fell in love with herself, if you will. Well, I spoke to her yesterday during a coaching session, and she said that uh, she had gone to the doctor, and the doctor gave her the best report on her health that she'd had in 15 years. He said, I don't know what you've been doing, but whatever it is, it's changing your life. Keep doing it. And it was not due to a new medication. It was not due to a new boyfriend. It was not due to anything in the outside world. It was due to her changing her mind about who she was, what she deserved, what her possibilities were, and what was the worth and value of her being here. And, my friends, that when, when something like that clicks inside you, everything outside you clicks, including health issues, including money issues, including sexual issues, including romantic issues. So, So, you know, all change begins on the inside out, and that's why I teach people that you have to line up your own self first before you can attempt to line up the outside world.
0: When it, when we understand that, that alignment is so beautiful and perfect, you know, what is it that can help us as we move forward, Alan, to make sure that we stay in alignment? I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think about the potholes that I've stepped in, never really knowing how I got in them, and always amazed that I'm able to get out of them, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Well, we all have our ups and downs, and I do. You know, I'm a self-help teacher. I've been doing this for many years, but I have my moments of, of fear and depression or anger or lostness. You know, and they come and go, and they're less than they used to be. But every single be- human being has to deal with those potholes. There's nobody, including Jesus or Buddha or anybody else, who has escaped those potholes. So the question is, do you not do you fall into potholes, but how do you get yourself out? And I I firmly believe that self-loving, self-honoring, self-respect, truth-telling, following joy instead of fear, asking for what you want instead of settling for what others would have you give give you, I think all those are tricks and tools that help us to get out of the potholes faster and more skillfully. And then actually the dominant theme of our life becomes well-being and the potholes become the exception rather than the rule.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. You know, we started the conversation out talking a little bit about Lyndon and and sort of the idea that, you know, if you go ahead and and take that jump and take that leap, you're only going to have to come back here to, let me just say, do it all over again. Can you explain the, the message behind that, the message of the monk, so to speak, and how that relates to us thinking?
1: Well, that's a really good question, because even if you don't believe in reincarnation, and you don't need to believe in that for this book, there's a principle that says that anytime you act out of fear or guilt mm. or desperation, that the platform from which you've created your action will always backfire, because you're acting on a lie. In other words, in fact, I knew a woman, one of my coaching clients, who was getting to be 40ish, and she was desperate to have a husband and a baby. And because she felt desperate, she kept grabbing at these guys who were losers and they would, they would beat her up and get drunk and do you know nasty things. And I worked with her in coaching to realize that she was not truly desperate, that that desperation thought was the thing that was attracting to her desperate characters. And I got her to relax and love herself and kind of have trust in the process and the timing And the more she let go of her desperation, thoughts, and actions, the closer she came to wholeness. And before long, she attracted a really nice guy, and they've had a wonderful relationship for years now. So the principle is that whenever you act from fear, guilt, or desperation, you have to come back to that same crossroads at which you chose the darker path, and instead make a choice from love, from self-confidence, from trust, from faith, from vision. And when you take that path, everything works, and you don't have to backtrack to where you made your first mistake.
0: You know, I can only imagine what it's like as I think about my own life, you know, what this journey would be like if I had to backtrack to my first mistake. And, you know, they say that we learn from sort of the steps and the potholes we fall into. I think some of us, some people learn faster than others, or some people get the lessons and others don't. What, what are some of the top lessons that we're going to be able to learn from Lyndon?:
1: Well, one is that there's a pattern and a design to life that's always working your path, in your behalf, even if you don't realize it. Wow. One is that you don't get to keep blaming your past lives or your past karma or your past stars on your problems. That is a major cop-out. Yeah. Um, what you have to do is stand firm in your holy now and say this is my life and I will I will now take charge of it and you, you know you have to live from the now not from your past you can't just keep going around cleaning up your past you have to stand fully in the now so that's another lesson and another lesson is that love is the great healer that when you see love when you feel love when you fall in love all of a sudden your life lines up in ways that you were not experiencing when you're out of love and I don't just mean romantic love I just mean sense of self-love and love of life. So, so really, if I had to bottom line the whole message of the book, it would be that life is indeed worth loving, that you are in charge of your destiny, and that love is a great healer.
0: And as we talk about love being a great healer, when we come back, best-selling author Alan Cohen, amazing teacher, we're going to be talking about what loving means. Does the journey begin within? What is the true meaning of love oneself? And how does Alan Cohen's work reflect the path, the journey, the lesson, and the excellence in that thing we call love? We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I have to tell you that its I get to talk with some of the most incredible people. The conversations just take you to a whole different level. But there's something here for everyone. My very special guest today, best-selling author Alan Cohen and phenomenal coach, is joining us here today. We're talking about Lyndon's past life. If you go to Alan's website, you'll be able to get information about his upcoming programs, where you might be able to see him in person, information about the book, how to buy the book, and much more. Website is alancohen.com, dot com. Save the best for last, Alan. The conversation of love. You know, in all of this, in our day-to-day, you know, why is it sometimes love ends up being at the bottom of the list, and what do we need to do to move it straight
1: up? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Just before we broke for the last break, um, you know, you said we're going to talk about love, and certainly, immediately, my heart soared because, you know, this is where it's all heading, isn't it? And I. You know, I think that the lack of self love, the lack of respect for self and and life is the source of all of our pain, and the feeding ourselves and nurturing ourselves well being with well being is the source of all healing. So I am a great proponent of taking care of oneself. And in some of my trainings, I teach, let it be easy, struggle is not required. And I teach that struggle is the antithesis to our nature not the truth about it. So I I encourage everyone to think about what it would take to have a happy day. And and for some people it would be a walk in the woods, some people would be listening to music, For some people would be being with a friend, some people would, would take a nap or play with their pet. But you have to do something every day to light your fire and recharge your batteries, otherwise you will join the ranks of those who go down, down, downhill. And like Benjamin Franklin said, most people uh, they they die they they live to, they they start dying at twenty five in other words like they, they're just buried at seventy five but they start dying at twenty five so I would like to encourage people to start living at whatever age you are by feeding yourself what truly makes you happy instead of dancing around to please others
0: and and that 's really what we 're talking about. what is the dance that we call life supposed to look like Alan you know from your perspective. Um, People say we come into this world happy and blissful. There's nothing more inviting than that first look at that beautiful baby that's born. And then it goes downhill from there. Um, And I want to talk about that idea because it doesn't have to go downhill, does it?
1: Well, of course not. I mean, uh, uh, we love babies and animals because they're, they're in their innocent joy and they're very close to God. And then something happens. So... So, what happens is we get put in boxes and we get labels and we get restrictions and limitations and expectations. And there's some kids who are five or ten years old who are old beyond their time because they've been taught that what they are is not good enough and they have to do something to prove themselves. And so they go on this long, horrible journey of trying to please the world until one day they realize that if I haven't found happiness by pleasing other people by now, I'm not going to find it in my next 40 years. And then there's this moment of awakening, which I have had and you have had and a lot of people have had. In fact, I know most people have had moments of it, if not extended periods, where they say, Wait a minute, this is my life. What's it going to take for me to enjoy it? Do I live for my husband or my wife or my parents or my kids? Or do I live my life from inside out? Do I become a light to others instead of a black hole? And at that point, something really precious happens and enthusiasm comes back to us, the enthusiasm we lost as a child. And you would think that people like that would be selfish or or, or, or egotistical, but the truth is that when you start loving yourself, you have so much well-being and life force that it has no choice but to spill over on others. So you actually become an uplifter of others rather than a black hole. And that's what my work is about, and that's what your work is about, and that's what all life is about, really.
0: It's really interesting we're talking about this, and I don't want to give away too much in the book, but maybe you can comment this on this. You know, Lyndon, as we said earlier, runs into this, this monk, so to speak. But the monk has a very interesting name. Is that something we could share with our, with our listeners today?
1: Well, the, the monk's name is Tashi, and when Linden asks him what that means, it means good luck in, in Tibetan. And the truth is that when Lyndon was at his choice point point of whether or not to jump off the bridge, there was a moment of grace offered him. Someone extended a helping hand, and fortunately he took it. So I believe that none of us is outside the circle of grace, and even when times are darkest or in their worst financial shape or something terrible seems to be happening, There is someone or something out there who is extending us a helping hand, which, if we are just willing to give it a moment of trying out, will take us to the next life. And and the truth is that sometimes those darkest times become our best times because they were the ones that catapulted us to a new life. So if anybody out there feels like their life is over, I want to suggest to you that your life might actually just be beginning.
0: And this is really a time for all of us to get excited about new beginnings. You know, Alan, one of the things that um, has come up a lot on the radio show with listeners is how do I restart my life? Where do I restart my life? You know, I've come to the point, I read Alan Cohen's work, uh, and I believe that there is this something beyond the gloom and doom I'm sitting in now but I just can't seem to get that spark plug called life fired up again. What can we say to folks today to really ignite the spark that will set them in the direction of hope, of love, and of absolute abundance?
1: What a great question. What a great host you are for asking it. Thank you. And I hope I'll give you a good answer. I have two answers. One is you you have to start to tell the absolute truth about how whatever you're doing feels. And you have to ask for what you want. So if you're in a relationship that is painful and dragging you down and not working, and you're fighting and crying and hanging up on each other and, and doing all kinds of painful things, you cannot be talking yourself into the fact that somehow this is good for you. You have to tell the truth, wait a minute, that does not feel good and I choose to not continue it. And at the same time, you have to notice what feels good. And, and, and in a family's relationship, you turn to other friends or, or lovers or, or partners, and you, you, you ask, okay, what about that relationship feels good? Well, in the second relationship, this person honors me. This person tells me the truth. This person is present. And that feels really, really, really good. So you have to seize on the joys. And even if you have one or two moments of joy each day, you have to play on them and ask yourself, okay, what did I just think, say, or do that made me feel joy, and how can I do more of it? So you basically have to bring gloom down to the minimum and bring joy up to the maximum and don't mess with Mr. Mis- In-Between, as the old song goes. And, and, and that's something that anybody can do at any station of life. You have to put your boat in the river right where you are and let the river take you.
0: Well, Alan, this has been a great, great, great time spent with you. You know, there's so much that you are offering people and conversations that will enlighten them to be in the next moments of their lives. This is such a powerful message. I'm so happy for you, the book, and your success. As we bring this show to a close, which is actually a beginning for a lot of people, what is the message you would love to leave them with? Because we have, we have during this hour, we have opened some doors for people that are going to listen to this and going to want to do something to reinvent, reignite, or re-energize
1: their lives. I would have three expressions of support: one is trust yourself, nurture yourself, and express yourself. And if you can be true to who you are inside, and every day you do a little bit more, to let the person who lives on the outside out and express that person on the outside, you will find that your life comes into alignment and no matter what was not working, you will find a life of unlimited joy, abundance, healing and absolute, absolute, absolute love like you've never experienced before. There is hope, there is possibility, it's all out there if you claim it.
0: Thank you, Alan. Thank you so much. Let's make sure everybody has your website and how they can find out more about your coaching and everything else you're doing.
1: Great. Uh, www.alancohen.com, A-L-A-N-C-O-H-E-N.com.
0: I look forward to the movie. I look forward to everything else you are up to, and I hope you will come back and join me again. It's always such a really cool time that I get to spend with you, Alan.
1: You as well. Much love, dear. Be well.
0: Much love to you. And be well and much love is the message for all of you out there today. You know, it's not a mystery. It's not something that has to be, you know, an illusion for all of us. You all are so special. The vibration you create when you listen to this show are why I actually do it. Having someone like Alan Cohen on the show is a bonus. But you, the listeners, it is what absolutely pointed me in the direction that I went in in my life saved my life actually in a lot of ways and I'm talking more about that in some of the shows I do I want to mention that it's still time for Dr. Pat's Holistic Makeover the deadline I believe is the 11th of December and so please go to drpatsmakeover.com sign up for the contest and get ready to change your life forever all of the blessings in the world to every one of you out there this is and it could be one of the most incredible holiday seasons ever. Remember that you are the star of the show, and you are the show that is the number one hit in the box office. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Go to www.thedrpatshow.com, and remember, tag, your it. We'll see you next time.